Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, here we go, folks. Happy Sunday morning. Beautiful day out there. Uh, unbelievable weather. You know, I was looking at some weather back east. You know, Chicago is 20. Wind chill 13. Sure is nice to be here. And great weather for the Open. You know, it's a good thing that they have an extra game in the NFL because when you push the calendar back another week, it can really make a difference here in Phoenix. And for all those Open people, my daughter was out there yesterday for the hole-in-one. It sounds like they're having a great time. Anyway, happy Sunday morning. Going to be a beautiful day out here. Doesn't really get much prettier than this. We start off with pretty open lines. We have Julia back here on the phone smiling, so you can give her a call. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTR. And we can talk about the uh, landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, where to grow it, why to grow it. But more importantly, if you have a different idea for us and you want to educate us all a little bit, we're all ears too. And there's certainly uh, plenty to do in the garden here. And gardening season's just just here. You know, this is when we typically, our last frost date's usually the 15th of February. That's a very long historical thing. But we did have the coldest day of the year, you know, about the 1st of February. So it's, you know, it's different. But at any rate, a beautiful day out there. Great time to uh, enjoy the valley, whether you're going to uh, go to the open or if you're going to do a little gardening or perhaps you want to do some hiking and maybe, you know, just get together with family for the Super Bowl in the afternoon. But anyway, you can lead you can lead the direction of this program very easily because I come in totally unprepared. I come in every week and and we pick out a few songs and away we go. So if there's something you want to talk about when it comes to gardening, give us a call. And Julia is the vector. She's the one that gets it all done. The music, she gets all the phones taken care of. She's very friendly and she, you know, and she's young and she shows up here really early. I, I'm very impressed. <laughs> But at any rate, uh, give her a call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. It's easy to get on now, and after Phil and Levine, you could be up next in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Phil. Good morning. Um, I have a, across the front of my house, a block house. There's an area about two feet wide between the block house and a concrete sidewalk and then rock lawn, rock beyond that. For some color across the front of the house, I planted oleanders. Um, of course, they did very well, but their roots went in under the house looking for the sewer pipes and got into the sewer pipes. So the oleanders got taken out. Um, I cut them off at the ground with a chainsaw, and then somebody told me to do this, and it worked got to be very careful doing it, obviously, but I got about three gallons of boiling hot water and poured on each stump, and it killed the oleanders. So I took the stumps out. There's nothing there. What can I put in there that'll make like about a two- or three-foot hedge, give it some color, but the roots won't go under the house looking for the sewer pipe? Okay, a couple questions first. Did you repair the sewer? No. Okay, so it wasn't a big enough problem with the oleanders that uh, you had to repair it. Well, it's it's like five feet in under the house. Oh, it's a nightmare. Right? out of the house. I understand. So I was just curious. So the, the, the plumber told me, he goes, just 
if you get rid of the ole, you know, put, he put a chemical down to kill the roots mm-hmm. in the pipe. And he says, you get rid of the oleanders, you're, we don't have to worry about this. Okay, so what side of the house are we planting on? South. Okay, so that's the easiest place to plant. And nothing is going to be as large and as aggressive as the oleanders. And if we knew that the sewer pipe was, say, two or three feet deep, and if it wouldn't continue leaking, uh, you know, nothing would really be attracted to it so much. But, you know, on the south side... And it's, you, about, it's about five feet in from the wall. Right. In but, under the house. But it had a leak, or the oleanders wouldn't have found yep. it. Yep. You know, so it had to have a leak in there. And there are ways to go through the sewer and, and seal the pipe, too. And they can put, like, an insert in there. We don't have to tear the whole floor out. But at any rate, what, okay. you, what you probably want to do is just pick out, a, you know, something that's moderate size flowering if you want to look for color. You know, you could even grow something like an iceberg rose would be a pretty choice. What color is your home? Um, it's tan okay. brown. So if it's tan brown, with, I mean, that, with a co- go ahead. Yeah, it's got a copper roof on it. Oh, sounds pretty cool. Um, so, you know, something like that, the iceberg with the bright white and dark green would probably be pretty attractive. Um, you know, there's a lot of other choices, you, you, but you want more of a hedge look? That's what I'm kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. And, out, and in front, out in front of the rock, do you have more desert-style landscape, or what do you have there? There's, there's a couple of trees farther out into the rock, but there's nothing else in it. Okay. And so, you know, so there's not much water around. Well, it's just a matter of then of picking something of you know your taste, your style. But the, the, actually, the south side's the easiest side to land, you know, the landscape period. And uh, there's nothing really you know any easier at all. But for another moderate size kind of plant, you could hedge. You could look at Durantha, which has a purple flower and uh, kind of a bright green foliage. Um, you know, there's there's all those different sages and those kind of things, but those are going to tend to be more aggressive. You can use some of the smaller ones, like the, the Cimarron or Chihuahua sages are going to be a smaller sage if you want that gray kind of a look, and, and that could work as well. Okay. But uh, it, it's going to be pretty easy for you. If you want a smaller hedge that's just going to be a true hedge, you might try a Yopon holly. And uh, the Yopon holly, oh, what was that? it's called Yopon, Y-O-U-P-O-N, holly. And a dwarf one. And the dwarf one, if you want to keep something, say, 18 inches tall, will make a nice plant that size. Also, an old favorite that's just dark green is boxwood beauty natal plum. And uh, that would be one that would be, you know, easier kept smaller as well. Very bright, you know, very deep green, actually, with an occasional white flower. Or if it's your entryway and you want some nice fragrance, um, there's a gardenia that takes the heat very well called Miami Supreme. And it's bright, you know, deep, deep to bright green and has a white flower, but it just, the fragrance is out of this world. Okay. And it's as hardy as your oleander, but won't grow like it. Now, the one other, <laughs> the one other thing, uh, Steve, or Phil, the real point is, is that, uh, you know, whenever you want, when you start to have a problem with the plant getting too big and, and uh, going in the roots, is when you start hedging your plants, okay, and you maintain the size of the plant, the root doesn't grow. Okay, so the roots are going to grow big enough to, to, you know, really have the plant grow. So if you let those oleanders get tall, say if your oleanders got six foot tall, they're going to put out a lot bigger root. And if you let them continue to grow, the bigger the plant grows on the top, the bigger the root's going to grow. But by pruning the top, well, you, that, you slow the roots down a lot, too. That's where I went wrong, because I let them get about five or six feet tall. Well, and it's, you know, the, yeah. the problem is you just got a leak in the sewer. But, you know, there's a lot of other solutions that yep. should uh, be easier for you. And if you find it's a problem, again, you might just contact a plumber because they can run a, a line in, in through the sewer that basically will sew off that leak. Okay. Okay. 
All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for being the first caller. It's always hard to break the ice. Thanks for being the guy. Thank. Bye, Phil. Have a nice Sunday. Okay. A nice My pleasure. Sunday. Take care. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Steve in Phoenix. After Steve, we have open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Hi, Steve. Good morning. I have a question about an orange tree. Uh, actually, I have a couple of questions. Um there were a whole lot of oranges out on one of the big branches, and in that wind uh, last week, it snapped off, but it didn't, like, just break off cleanly. It it kind of ripped down the tree, and, and the gash is, is probably a foot long. It just looks terrible. Do you do anything other than just paint that? It's so big. How, it was how, a big branch. Okay, and, and what type of a citrus was it? It's an orange tree. Okay, just a regular orange. It must have been a, quite an old tree. Yeah, the, the the trunk's probably a foot in diameter or more down at the ground. You know what, Steve? This would be the perfect time to kind of do some pretty proactive pruning on it. So it's the best week or two of the whole year to prune citrus. And if you'll prune the tree back so where the whole tree's balanced, if you have where the branch broke off, uh, you seal that up. The best thing to seal a major injury like that's that tree tar kind of thing that you put on with a spatula comes in a little can. And if you, I didn't get that word. What was well? That it's like it's Tree Heels, the brand name, but it's like uh-huh. a tar kind of substance, and it comes in a can. You can get a little quart can, and you put it on yeah. with like a spatula. Okay, to seal up the big. If it's all the way down into the wood, to keep the wood from dying in that portion. Yeah, it, it's big and it's long. Yeah. So then just just get your saw out and cut the branch off. Make a nice clean cut on the end. Seal that up, and you probably want to do some other proactive pruning on the rest of the tree to balance it all at the same time. And once again, this is the perfect time of year to do it. And if you're exposed. It's not too late, huh? No, it's it's a little early, honestly. We have we haven't got oh. to pruning any of our orchards yet because we're still harvesting crops. But you know, our normal time for us to do major pruning is, is in February, and this is February, so it's yeah. a good time. I mean, if you had a month to pick of the whole year, this is it. And uh, so, this when you say the, balance the tree out, what do you mean? Well, it's you know, it sounds like maybe one quarter of the tree broke off on one side. Well, it's probably not a quarter because it's a big, big tree, so mm-hmm. it can lose one big branch and not lose a quarter. But it's a, it's, it, it, it does. The tree doesn't look pretty. Mm-hmm. It, it's grown in kind of strange ways, and there's a whole lot of dead wood inside it. So, if you want to go right now and prune out all the dead wood, take the tree, reduce yeah. the whole thing by about a third, balance the tree out. If you see that when you're doing that, you're exposing the wood to the sun, like the major trunks and limbs, then you'd want to paint those with some tree plant paint. You can get the natural bark color, or you can use white. Either one's fine. And that protects it a little until it gets enough foliage to come back and protect itself. But I would just reduce the whole size of the tree, balance it out, make it look nice. Uh, you know, be you know, you're basically preparing it to grow back this spring and look nice. But it would be a really good time to reduce the whole size of the tree, and that way you wouldn't have the tendency for limbs to break in the future. Yeah. Um, is is there any kind of rule of thumb as to how tall they should be? This one has grown to be quite tall. Well, Steve, I, we've got tangelos out in our grove in East Mesa, and we're gonna we're gonna get in there as soon as I can get everything harvested, and I'm gonna reduce those trees from about twenty feet down to twelve. Okay, because we can really, yeah, that way we can harvest them more. They're going to get more light on the inside. Now, we really won't get a crop off of them this next year, but the year after, we should get a fantastic crop. 
I see. And it just makes them more okay. practical. So, I mean, you can reduce the tree as much as you want. You could take an old citrus tree and, uh, you know, cut off 80% of the wood and have it be fine. One little point is if you're going to really do major pruning like that, you like to leave one portion, maybe one big center branch in the tree uh, for at least through the spring so that it can regenerate foliage better. So if it has uh-huh. more green on it, it'll come back quicker. Yeah, well, I'm not ambitious enough to do really 80% or 60%, well, but I just, will cut it. But come back and just cut the whole tree back. If you take four or five feet off the top and balance it out, it'll become yeah. a better tree for you, easier to harvest, and you'll get more fruit. Yeah, well, I made myself a homemade fruit picker, <laughs> and it, 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 it worked out really. I just put a couple of screws at a V-shape in a, on the end of a long, a long uh, pole, and it just picked them right off because they were ready to come off anyway, so it wasn't very hard to do. But it is not convenient, and uh, I guess I can get up and get inside that tree. It's not going to be easy, though. It'll be hard hard to prune it. I, I guess the maybe find something, uh, a pruning shear on the end of a pole, maybe, or something. Well, that might, yeah, that you know, what might be better is you can get these battery-powered uh, extension uh, pole saws. That work pretty well. Yeah, I've, and, I, I've never I've never had one, but I guess I've seen them. Yeah, they're not really expensive. And, and basically, they, they do the little battery power ones work great, you know, because you just prune in the one tree. And, uh, yeah. And you can make bigger cuts. You can come in and cut two and three, you know, inch diameter limbs without so much yeah. work. And uh, you, know, you might still have to climb in the tree to get it, depending on how tall it is. But if you would use something like that, it would probably be easier. And the only main thing you'd have to seal up is the cut that you, uh, you know, have with a branch broke. Yeah. You know, the, the the oranges on this tree are really spectacularly tasty. Is it a navel um, orange? Uh, I don't think so. I'm not up on oranges. Well, navels have a belly button. So, well, navels have a belly button, okay? So they're yeah, pretty well, they, they, they don't. Okay. Then it's probably some variety of an Arizona sweet. And, uh, you know, uh-huh. when, I, when I was young, we used to grow 18 different varieties of Arizona sweets. And, and today we don't grow any of them anymore. But... Um, it, is it is it possible to identify what it is? Because I'd really like to have a second tree. I know it would take a long time to grow to a size where it would produce oranges, but it would really be nice to have another one. Can you plant them from seed? or what No, you, no, you can't plant from seed. We can graft citrus and go more citrus. What I would recommend to you, though, is it's, I'm sure it's some type. Does it have a lot of seeds in it? Uh, not a lot, but some, just a few. And it's kind of a smaller orange? Uh, it it varies. Some of them are small, but some of them are really very large. I mean, bigger than my fist. Yeah. Well, it's probably some variety of an Arizona sweet. So what I would do if it was my own house and wanted to have the sweet, I would um, basically um, put it in a Valencia orange. So if you have a sweet to Valencia, what that will do for you is you'll have this one that's ripe now. And you'll have another variety that will taste very similar that will ripen. Really, it's best in about March and stay on the tree through June. Wow. Is it is it possible to identify from the tree or the leaves or from the orange from itself? From the fruit, yeah. Is? If you want to, you want to, uh, yeah, you can send a picture of the fruit or you can bring a fruit to one of our nurseries. We can tell you what it is. If you're in central Phoenix and come by the nursery in Glendale, I'll just drop a few fruit off. I'll yeah, I drive by there all the time. Okay. Bring some fruit. Okay. Right. <laughs> you want you want I got a whole lot. You want some? No, no. <laughs> I've got 700 acres. Trust me. I got plenty of orange. <laughs> you don't need any more. <laughs> I don't need any more. Trying to sell a lot okay. of them right now. Thanks, Steve. Have a nice okay. week. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. 
Oh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we've got wide open phones. Julia Becker is smiling. Give her a call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. You've got your eyes wide I don't believe the world has ever looked this colorful A little bit tongue-tied Tripping over words as they fall right in front of you Letting the days roll by They're so different, they're one and the same A dream of tomorrow Dreaming with our eyes wide open We're living with our minds tight shut Clouds and comets, baby, what's our omen? Tell me when you've had enough I've had enough We're dreaming with our eyes wide open We're living with our minds tight shut Always lingering on the words unspoken Tell me when you've had enough Don't blink, you'll miss the start of something brighter than the light of day. Cause there's a million different reasons to let go, but that only makes it easier to stay. Welcome back, folks, to this beautiful Sunday morning. We got two lines on, and that leaves us free open. Give uh, give Julia a call, and you could be up after John and Glendale with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Mike and Gilbert, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Wonderful. I've got a uh, calamandin that we planted. We just moved into Gilbert in May and uh, planted a calamandin. And before that, I lived in Apache Junction. And out in Apache Junction, you just water whatever you got in it takes it every time. Out here, it seems that the soil really holds water a long time. It does. So it's it's clay. It does. I, <laughs> I had, uh, I've got a dirt spot in my backyard. My, my garden hose, or my hose was on overnight, and I got a big puddle. Mm-hmm. That was probably six, seven days ago, and it's still muddy. You okay. still couldn't walk on it. Um, so that's what I'm dealing with. So this calamanda, the, the bottom leaves keep turning yellow and drop it off. How are you, uh, how are you, how are you watering it, Mike? I've got a uh, well that mm-hmm. I built around it, okay. um, a berm, and I just fill it up and, and let it go. Well, that's that's the perfect way to water, especially because you can change at different times of the year. And ideally, what you want to do is let it get dry on the top three or four or five inches before you water again. And okay. like in January, that would have taken a month in Gilbert. Right. So, I mean, you're just going to have to water according to what, uh, you know, that clay soil in Gilbert is. Now, it's a good thing. It does save you use a lot less water. And I would go ahead and fertilize it right now. It's a perfect time to feed citrus. So go ahead and fertilize it right now. Wash all that in with a hose first on the top and and give it a good irrigation. And uh, what's going to happen over the next two or three weeks, it's going to come out and flower again, and it's going to put out a lot of new foliage. And uh, But right now in Gilbert, probably, and this is how long has this tree been in the ground? Um, probably since uh, July. Okay. So, you know, it's starting to get established, but it doesn't want a lot. It doesn't want real frequent water right now. So probably once every two to three weeks this time of year. 
Okay. And then it's, uh, when it gets really hot in the summer, you can you can grow it faster by giving it more than that. And the other kind of trick is with a, with a young tree like that is if you'll fertilize it from right now once a month all the way through October, it will definitely grow faster. Okay. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Mike. Have, have, have a great a, morning. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got John in Glendale. But after John, we've got those open lines and... Poor Julia, she's back here smiling. She says, well, they don't love us today, huh? <laughs> anyway, give her a call. 602-277-5827. Good morning, John. Good morning, Brian. Yes, sir. I recently purchased a, and I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong, Mineola Tangelo. You said it perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, of course, I'm on the internet reading, and there's nothing but fog. So I figured I would call an expert and find out some truth. Okay, well, we'll try. Do I need another mandarin tree with this thing? No. No, we okay. have we have a grove that's down in Hyder that was actually interplanted with um, another mandarin variety, and it does give it additional pollen. But, uh, you know, they'll pollinate fine on their own. At our grove out in Mesa, we've got 100 acres of mineolas. And, uh, in fact, just to remind everybody, now, now they're, they're perfect right now. This is when mineolas get to be their best. And uh, they're alternate bearers. You have a heavier crop one year, a lighter crop the next year. And so there, there will be a little difference there. But, um, no, they, they'll, they'll still pollinate without having an additional tree. Uh, you might get a little more crop by having them intermixed. You know, and we have temple oranges mixed with ours, which is basically a mandarin. And uh, so is there any difference in yield? You know, I don't see the difference. really don't. You know, the other part of the grove by the where the ones are down in Hyder has lemons. And then the groves in uh, Mesa have, you know, next to those have well, lemons and, and navel oranges. But, no, they seem to pollinate and, it, you know, will have variable crops. I mean, many yellows aren't very consistent in bearing, or they can be. And so it's going to depend, you know, somewhat on the weather and different things. But, you know, the main thing when you're planting a young tree like a mini yellow, just to make sure, you know, it has regular fertilizer, doesn't stay too wet in the winter, can take a lot of water in the summer. Is there something I can put next to it that will ruin it? That'll ruin it? No, no, nothing's going to hurt it. So if you wanted to plant, you know, a grove of citrus, and basically the pollinating factor is not going to change the uh, quality of the fruit. The biggest thing with the quality of fruit with citrus is the rootstock that they're grown on. And the nice part about a mineola tangelo is it grows on every kind of rootstock. And it really doesn't make much difference in the flavor. Uh, You know, it's a grapefruit mandarin cross, and... um, you know, that being said, you'd think it'd be more, you know, tart than it is. But, you know, right now, in fact, I just, my phone call I took during the break because I got interrupted by my phone. I forgot to turn it off where I came in was the guys calling from the field, you know, asking. I suspected that's why you took the break even. <laughs> well, I had to I had to get that crew, picking crew out working. And, and guess what they're picking? They're picking mini Los Angeles. Oh, Wonderful. Yeah, they're, they're really um, good. Where are you guys selling them? Uh, are this, you selling the Mineolas? Oh, yeah. We sell a lot of Mineolas. You can get them at, um, well, I'll tell you what, what. Let me give you one point. When you go to the store and look for them, okay, they should be dark orange. Okay? If you okay. get a Mineola that's any, any green on it at all or if it's a light color, don't buy it. Because after you eat one bad Mineola, you'll think they're bad. But uh, just a cute story is Jack Armstrong, who was the buyer for uh, Bashes for years before he retired, I walked into this, you know, his office and showed him this big, beautiful Mineola. And you could tell he just cringed because he'd eaten a bad one before, and it wasn't ripe. And um, 
you know, but he had to eat it because I walked in the office with it. So, you know, he tastes it and says, darn, Brian, these eat pretty good, you know, because you could tell that, you know, oftentimes they're picked too early. But uh, where to find ours is uh, Whole Foods, and you can get them at, uh, they should be in the Food City part of Bashes and the AJ's part of Bashes and Bashes, Bashes, you know, by the middle or end of the week. And uh, we have them at Sprouts has got a lot of them. And who else do we have, Matt? Albertson's uh, Safeway has a lot. Albertson's Safeway Safeway will have them the end of the week. We're shipping them a a whole bunch of them on Wednesday. Beautiful. I've got got to let you go because I just got reminded by it from Julia. I'm running into the news time. (laughs) But uh, you want to hold on? You can. Um, No, I got everything I needed from you and and, and more. Have a nice weekend. Thank you, Brian. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Oh, that means it's time for the news. And we have Mr. Gabriel in today, smiling back here, ready to go. We'll be right back after the news of the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. The number to call during the break, 602-277-5827. And you can be up after Rhonda, North Phoenix, on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Just a little song for Stevie. Get back to the phones here. Rhonda North Phoenix is next, but after Rhonda, we have wide open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827. We could talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares, whatever it is you want to grow. And if you've got a suggestion or something to help us along, we're all ears here in the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. Rhonda in North Phoenix, good morning. Good morning. I just have a couple questions. Um, we are updating our landscaping, and we need to update our rock. Um, so I was curious about um, quarter minus, mm-hmm. the benefits um, and maybe disadvantages of using it. I know it compacts. So I didn't know as far as water for plants, how that works. Well, really, the rock's not going to make much difference for water for plants. And quarter minus is usually the least expensive, you know, the least expensive of all the rock types. And it's the easiest to rake. 
Okay. And if it's pretty good quality quarter minus, I mean, one that comes to mind is Madison Gold, which has been the same mountain yeah. they've been tearing down for years and years and years and looks like yeah. a lot of the desert floor around Maricopa County. Um, right. You know, right. It, it's one of my favorites. If you want something to show a little bigger, what you can do, too, is you can buy a... You know, like a three-eighths or half-inch minus. But the smaller rock's easier to clean. Um, and so depending on the types of plants you're going to have growing in it, it'll be easier to maintain smaller rock. Now, it does kind of break down over time, but it's also very easy to add to. You know, you can take a, a, a nice uh, area that's been landscaped, and you can have the smaller rock, and it gets broken down, so you can add more and add more. Another thing that, that I enjoy doing when we're doing landscape designs is to kind of go out and to, uh, you know, go hiking a little bit first and see how the desert really is. But there's a lot of places around in the deserts that uh, you'll have quarter-inch minus that washes down in the lower spots. And then if you mm-hmm. have any mounding or anything, you can make some, you know, higher areas with a little bit larger rock, which is how it kind of breaks down and settles out in in the desert naturally. And so that can right, be right. pretty too. So you could use, you know, the whole thing first with quarter minus and then maybe take some half inch green rock and just add into some of the higher areas. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. So most of our plants are desert plants. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I, that's what I was thinking too. But as far as the look, it might look a little bit nicer just to have the quarter minus. Well, you know, and it's just totally up to you. You know, it, it's yeah. it, you yeah. know, it's you know, what you like to drink, what you like to eat. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of different tastes, you know. So, and a lot of beautiful our concern landscapes. Was, our concern mostly was since it compacts more, as if it the water filters through it as much as other type. That's what our main. Well, with, was. you know, with rain, it, you know, it it probably doesn't. It probably in a larger rock would catch more water because it would fall mm-hmm. through and capture more, so it wouldn't type to So if you had an area that was eroding, you would definitely yeah. want to use larger rock. And if you have an area that erodes a lot, that's when we use riprap, like three and four inch okay. and six inch stuff. Yeah. So, so it yeah. depends on the we purpose. Did. You know, and when yeah. you go hike okay. in the deserts, that's what you'll see as well, is that, the, you know, it oh, washes, yeah. washes down in the arroyos to where you have larger rock in the arroyos and smaller stuff in the sides. And then, you know, with the little caps with the little moundy places, we'll have like a medium-sized rock. So... Yeah, you know it's it's just really we had such a beautiful time of year to go out and hike the deserts in Maricopa County or or Yuma County, Pima County. I mean, all of this area is not very far, and uh, we you know we're going to come into our spring season. We need one or two more good rains right now. If we can get those, mm-hmm. then March we're going to have beautiful wild you know wild wildflowers, especially like places Picasso Peak and different things. So I'd yeah. go hiking before I finish my landscape. <laughs> I mean, do it now. Um, you don't want to do it in July. <laughs> well. We don't want to work on our yard in July either. That's the other thing. <laughs> well, no, I, I get that. But uh, so, you know, I, I know that everybody's going to be home today for either the golf tournament or the Super Bowl and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, there always is tomorrow. Yes, exactly. Um, the other question I had is about Acatillos. Uh-huh. So we have one that um, had blown over with those strong winds okay. a month or so ago, mm-hmm. and the root stem broke off. Completely or um, just most of it? Mm, almost completely. Okay, but it it wasn't, it was probably in the ground about a year, so Mm -hmm. it wasn't rooted real well yet. So is there any hope for this yet? Absolutely. It's an Ocotillo. I mean, there, you know, (laughs) you can look at an old John Wayne movie, you know, filmed in Tucson and, you know, see, oh yeah, look at that. You know, that's why John Wayne lived here most of his life. But anyway, um, what you what you can do with that octillo? If any of the roots are actually still attached in the ground, it'd be better just to stand it up. If um, if not, you'd probably if it's loose, just take it out, dust at the roots with powdered sulfur, and replant it. 
Okay. And if it's so big it enough where it's having a problem. Put the sulfur on it, huh? Yeah, powdered sulfur is really good because if you have broken open roots, it keeps them from getting a bacterial infection. Well, it's been laying down for probably a month, like I said, because I was thinking, too, if it to help callus the area. So do I still need to put the sulfur on? I still would. It's You know, it's cheap and it's easy. You know, you're going to take okay. the time and effort to plant it, so you might as well put it back on. And, you know, and okay. laying so then, down a month, it was just taking a rest. It's an ocotillo. So then once we put it up and support it, mm-hmm. um, should I just hose it down, just mist it like that? Well, or you, 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 you can do that. Actually, if you if you put them on a small emitter that runs a really small, tiny amount of water, and if mm-hmm. your ground drains pretty well, it doesn't work well on clay. But uh, you could water them like once a week with the two-gallon emitter, and uh, that okay. will help them. But that's what the sulfur helps, too, because our biggest fear with Ocotillo is getting too wet and rotting. So you put the sulfur on to kind of make sure we don't get the bacterial infection, and then, then you can water a little more. And, and they do take in moisture through the, you know, the limbs and through the, the wood, but um, yeah. you don't have to do that. Yeah, our, dra- our soil must not drain well because we had a small emitter on another one, and it- it did get root rot, so. Yeah, that's so. It's worth that, you know, little $5 can of sulfur. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Oh, do you have another time for another question? Well, quickly, I've got a full board now. Oh, okay. I was just going to, some have the big thorns on it and some have a different, the real short thorns. Or on the Ocotillus? No, it's the same species. It depends on the reason, region where they were growing. The younger plants yeah. uh, that grow faster in, in more, you know, wetter areas are going to have longer thorns. The, as the oh, plants, okay. some of the larger plants that come out of different parts of the state are very, very old plants and have almost no thorns. Okay. 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 Thanks, Rhonda. Right. Thanks so much. Uh, Daisy and AJ. Good morning, Daisy. Oh, good morning, Brian. Thank you for answering my, I mean, my, uh, okay. Okay, um, we're here. <laughs> number of questions. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I live on the foothill of Superstition Mountain mm-hmm. and uh, sandy soil, and we have like a one and a quarter acre. Anyway, the question is, um, it used to be like endless desert around me, and now there's houses right behind me mm-hmm. and I like to cover it with some kind of tree. Okay. So something like fast growing. Well, but, fast growing yeah. that'll work really well in your area. Um, Daisy, you might look at mesquites. We have one that's especially nice called an American mesquite. And it's, um, it's nice because it doesn't blow, blow over, it doesn't have um, thorns, but it's a cross between a native and a Texas and a Chilean and Argentinian. It makes a really well, nice uh, tree. I have a lot of mosquitoes. Okay, you know what, Daisy? I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to take you off the air because we have kind of a bad connection. But I'm going to take you right after we take a break, okay? Hold on. Uh, Dennis, I'm going to get you in before the break. Hi, Dennis. Dennis, Earth to Dennis. Come in, Dennis. Dennis, I'm going to put you on hold, and we're going to take you after the break, and we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Saturday from 7 to 9 on... 92.3 92.3 FM, KTAR.
hoes in my world. And although most men are hoes, he flows on the down low. Cause I never heard about him with another girl. But I don't sweat it because it's just pathetic to let it get me involved in that he said, she said crowd. I know that ain't nobody perfect. I give props to those who deserve it. And believe me, y'all, he's worth it. Well, welcome back, folks, and uh, hope you have a mighty good man at home. Anyway, I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. At Whitfields, we grow trees, all kinds, all sizes, from 15-gallon citrus to 72-inch box ironwood trees, from fruitless olives like Swan Hills to American mesquites, uh, whatever your dream might be. If you want to put in a, a date palm and grow your own dates, you can do that. Whatever your dreams, whether it's a vegetable garden, some flowers, or some trees, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. And Monday through Saturdays, you can go to our big tree farm in Stanfield, Stanfield Road, about a mile south of Interstate 8. Woodfield Nursery's been growing trees here with our, our family since the 40s. We're continuing now for four generations. If you need a little help, if you're looking for a pretty tree, if you want somebody who's licensed, bonded, and guaranteed, and been growing trees around here in the Valley for a while, come out and see us. Now, let's see. We'll get back to the phones. We'll try Dennis in North Central Phoenix again. Hello, Dennis. Yes, hello, Brian. How are you doing? Excellent. Good, good. Just one quick question for you, sir. Um, I'm looking for a couple of shrubs or plants to put on the north side of my house, and I'm looking for something that would bloom in the shade. Uh, do you have any suggestions? I would recommend good luck. No, I mean, it's not very easy <laughs> to have things bloom in the shade. You know, what you're going to find is most blooming plants on the north side are going to bloom in the summer when the sun moves over. But you're going to have a pretty specific summer, you know, time of year. What style landscape do you have? Um, it's uh, it's not desert. I guess it's uh, you'd call it um uh, lush eastern or whatever. Okay. We've got lawns and we've got shrubs and all. You might try Exoras. And Exora's come in. Exora's. Yeah, it's a I-X-O-R-A. And it's a nice okay. little plant that comes in. Uh, it's a pretty tropical plant. They're very common in the islands and Caribbean and Hawaii and Florida. Uh, but they also love our desert climate and bloom here all summer. Um, so it, it's a plant that you could put in that would bloom pretty well this time of year. Um, in our own home, we have a uh, little euphorbia cactus that blooms all the time. And uh, it's it's kind of pretty. So some of those little euphorbias, like crown of thorns kind of things, uh, it's right, amazing right. how well they'll bloom in the shade. They can they could do really well. And then you could also go along with other things. Like in our home, we also have gardenia Miami Supreme, and they bloom exceedingly well when the sun moves over in the summertime. So they'll bloom there pretty much okay. all the summer. But there, there's and a how lot large does the Miami uh, Supreme uh, gardenia grow to? It can actually grow big. What it is, the grafted gardenia, so it's like as hardy as an oleander. And what's nice with the Miami Supreme is that uh, if you wanted to grow it six feet tall, you can do that. Or if you want to keep it to three or four feet, that would be fine, too. Great. Okay, these are good suggestions. I Thank you very much, and yeah. have a great day. Yeah, Love come by show. and see us, so we can show you all different kinds of things. Have a nice weekend. Definitely, guys. I will. Bye-bye. All right, take care now. Uh, Diane and Awatuki. Good morning, Diane. Hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a couple of questions. I have a landscaper, and he identified my uh, Arizona sweet tree as having fungus, so he trimmed it way back. Um, okay. And I, hopefully, and I just heard you say that this is the time of year to prune, so that's good. So I'm wondering, I always ask him about fertilizer, and he's always reluctant. And I know you said on your show you do four times, and Valentine's Day is one. Now, since it's been pruned, can it be uh, fertilized? Absolutely. Why does he think it has fungus? Um, he showed me. The bark was coming away and it was black. Okay. That was, was that like on the west side of the tree? 
It was. Okay, it's probably sunburn. So does it have much foliage right now? No, he, he pruned it back pretty good. Okay. It, it doesn't it, have a lot. Is it painted? No. Okay. Does it need to be? Uh, what I would do with it is I would paint it if it's, it doesn't have much foliage, okay? You can use the tree okay. color that's kind of the natural color. I would fertilize it, you know, today and fertilize okay, it and- once a month, all, all year until October. Okay. And how much do you put down on the fertilizer? Well, a quarter we, of a cup? Or? Well, it depends on the type of fertilizer. So when you buy fertilizer, it has three numbers in the back. It's like, uh, well, let's just say 2100. That's a common one. But, you know, most citrus fertilizers are like a 1684, somewhere along that. So the first okay. number on it's the nitrogen, okay? And that's the one that does the most good but can also do the most harm. So that's the one we have to be, you know, mindful of. And when you buy the citrus fertilizer, it'll give you usually on it, you know, say how much to apply. And it depends on what it's made from, how, how fast it works. So um, how big, how large in diameter is the trunk of your tree? Um, I would say, oh, the trunk, just mm-hmm. the trunk at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Mm, oh, gosh, I don't know, maybe eight. In, it's got bigger than that because I think we've had it for about 10 years. Okay, so it's, it's about as like big as a football maybe since it's Super Bowl Sunday? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, so that gives us something okay. to, to go from. So you'd want to probably put on about a half a pound of nitrogen, okay? So you, when you buy fertilizer, the first number, like that 2100, that's the nitrogen, okay? And that one's okay. ammonium sulfate. And you know, works pretty fast. So it's 21% nitrogen. So if you put on about two pounds, you're going to be about 40, you know, two pounds is going to be about uh, half a pound of nitrogen. Okay. So if okay. you want to start off light because it doesn't have, you know, enough leaves on it right now, if you're going to use like right. ammonium sulfate, I would put a pound. If you're going to use like a 1684 citrus fertilizer, uh, which would be much better because it has iron and everything else in it, I would put on about two pounds. Now, typically the reason why we have fungus, but I, I don't think it's your problem, is when trees stay too wet in the summertime or even too wet in the wintertime. So if a citrus is that large and you're in Ahwatukee, are you, give me your cross streets. Uh, Ray and Chandler, 48. Okay, so you have heavier soil there. So, you know, that soil there you should be watering this time of year about once every two weeks. Okay. Um, now, what about my other trees? Should I go ahead and fertilize them right now, too? Sure, it's They're the perfect about time. three years old. Mm-hmm. And and you don't do it every month, though. You do it, like you said, I've heard you say well, four the- times, what is it? Traditionally, it's the three holidays, okay? It's, it's um, you know, Valentine's Day, which is our state day and everything, and then Labor Day, Memorial Day. Um, that's good. I mean, that's usually plenty. But if you want a tree to recover or grow faster, then you could do it once a month. Okay. And then does that include a pomegranate tree? Sure. Okay. And then last question about the pomegranate. I lost all of my fruit on it. It's not a very big tree to birds last year. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you do that? How do you, how do you keep them out of there? Uh, net them. But the best thing okay. to do with them, the birds usually don't bother them until about September or October when they're starting to ripen. So right. what's done commercially is a little bag's going. You can take a paper bag, like a brown paper bag, lunch bag, put it right over with a rubber band. And guess what? The birds don't know it's a pomegranate anymore. Wow. And the and the fruit will still grow? Oh, yeah, it's fine. The fruit does better protected like that anyway. And then uh, also the insects <laughs> stay away from it. So, you know, that's – but commercially, you know, a lot of, that's why pomegranates are expensive at the store is because the yeah. trees are pruned to get larger pomegranates and the fruit's protected so that the birds and insects don't get it. So it's a lot of cost in the production of pomegranates. Right. Got it. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Have man. a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Can we get one more in, Julia? 
Uh, D and Chandler. Good morning, D. Good morning, Brian. I wanted to know. I threw out some sedum and wildflower seeds last year, mm-hmm. and I'm just wondering if you if you have to wait until the weather warms up for them to bloom this year. If you're using uh, weed killer and um, pre-emergent, will they still come up? Nope. No. Okay. That's the whole so purpose. You... That's the whole purpose that pre-emergent stops seed from germinating. So okay, but uh, so I'm wondering why, because they say to fill, put them out in August mm-hmm. to come up in the spring. So how can you still throw them out now? From seeds to you can you're not going to get as big a crop and you'll have to water them. Ideally, they needed to be in before we had that rain, you know, around Christmas time. And uh, but if you put pre-emergence out, the only way to really regrow them is to go up and rake the dirt, you know, and, and then plant them because you have to break up the little seal that the pre-emergent makes, and you still probably won't get a very good crop. Okay, so uh, usually in December. But then if you're supposed to use the pre-emergent again in January. Well, the pre-emergent, you know, you just can't put pre-emergent where you want wildflowers to grow. Okay. All right. Um, And then, uh, anyhow, so uh, yesterday you told about your tangelos that are going to be in the stores and Mm -hmm. we wanted to try them. So, but you mentioned a name to look under for them in the store. Oh, uh, our, our label on our, on our little citrus is Silver Canyon. Silver what? Silver Canyon. Okay, that's what I was wondering. And then today you didn't mention that name, so I, that's what I wanted to know. Okay, well, thank you, and you guys have a great Valentine's Day, and tell everybody to buy a live plant instead of cut roses <laughs> for a loved one well, for Valentine's Day. <laughs> whatever they enjoy. You know, it's it's hard, though. My mother-in-law was a florist, see, my father-in-law, so I, I'm not going to ever tell anyone not to buy cut flowers. And. Uh, <laughs> oh well, no, not. But this year, because there's doubled, and it's outrageous that they're doubling the price for the roses. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I haven't. Uh, well, I, I have to. I have to admit, uh, my wife's birthday was last week, so I, I get a. I get a twofer, you know, because we have a birthday and Valentine's oh. Day. So, you know, in, our, in our family, I don't care what they cost. We have to have flowers. A lot of people feel that way. I understand. <laughs> okay. Well, have a great day. You Thank too. You. Thanks. Bye bye. Oh, a little bit of music there telling us it's time to find out what's happening around the world. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give Julia a call at 602-277-5827. And we're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show on 92.3 FM, KTAR.